Welcome to The Good, The Bad, and The Podcast, the show where we take a given movie genre and we explore those good titles that bring us pride, those bad titles that we are prejudiced against, and those ugly movies that, well, they deserve to be shamed in public like a Puritan. Hey, guys, I'm Mark. Hey, I'm Kelly. And I'm Charles. And, uh, and today we are well, I was volume gonna say, two. Be- well, before you get into that, I was going to say we should apologize to our live audience there. We are running quite a bit behind. That's my fault. Just trying to get the no goods ready. They can wait. They can wait. Is that right? Fans, no, 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 no. Charles. I just, I just want to throw that out there. I do apologize for that. So if you're out there watching us, that's awesome. Dot com. Okay, now go ahead, please. Well, it's worth the wait when you're talking about great literature. Um, so Kelly, do you want to introduce your genre and remind us of the titles? Yes. Okay. So um, for those of you who tuned in last time, we did Mark's pick um, on well-regarded fiction, and I had so much fun watching those movies that I decided it needed to have a second part. Um, and so I wanted to talk about books or movies rather based on books that were that are regarded as classic um, that were written before the year 1900. So today, those movies are going to be The Turn of the Screw from 1992, The Scarlet Letter from 1995, and Pride and Prejudice from 2005. Cool. I must um, say, these are great picks, Kelly. I, thank you. I'm kind of jealous of your picks after watching these. <laughs> so I'll start there. Really? Excellent. <laughs> Do you disagree, Charles? No, I don't disagree. I just kind of, it's kind of cool like that to hear Mark say he's jealous of literary picks. It's kind of interesting. Yeah. That's awesome. Thanks, Mark. You're welcome. Glad you guys thank enjoyed you. them. Cool. So which do you guys think is which for me? Do you think you know? I think so. Yeah. And, and is the earliest one... Um, the turn of the screw. Yeah. Yeah. 1992. Okay. Uh, yeah, I think, I think I do know. I feel like okay. pretty what do you, confident. What do you think? All I right. Think turn of the screw is going to be your good. Um, just because, <laughs> Obviously. No. just because, uh, I know that's, you love the innocence and you love, uh, the others. And I, I think, I think you just really love that story. <laughs> Shut up, Charles. Okay. All no right. way. Mark, what do you think? I think Turn of the Screw is bad, Pride and Prejudice good, and Scarlet Letter ugly. I agree. And if I'm I'd, wrong, I will eat the hat I'm wearing right now. <laughs> I'd agree with that, actually. I 100% agree with that. All right. Well, should we dive in? Absolutely. Yes. Let's do it. Okay. Excellent. So, I guess chronologically, let's talk about the Turn of the Screw. Do you want to do the trailer first, or do you want to do the, the synopsis? Uh, let's read the synopsis and then we can do the trailer. Okay. So, per IMDb, a young woman is hired by a wealthy but sinister man to tutor his two children at the family's isolated estate. When the woman <laughs> gets there, she finds that the two children are not quite what they seem. Ba-ba-ba. All right, and here is the trailer. The job's quite simple. Two children in a big house in need of a governess. Can you help me? In a strange house with a mysterious past, nothing is quite as it seems. Who was the lady before me? Tell me about her. It's nice having you here, Miss Jenny. Now, Jennifer is about to discover... Laura, who are you speaking to? No one, Miss Jenny. ...that there's a fine line... There's somebody up here watching. ...between light and darkness... Between fear and insanity. You see something that every rule of logic tells you shouldn't be there. You start to question yourself. Between reality and illusion. 
to call him and say that his house is haunted by ghosts. Between innocence and corruption. Now tell me, why are you out here? Don't you see? They're not ours anymore. What's happening to me? From the classic story by Henry James. But he can't have you now. He's lost you forever. You're mine. Julian Sands, Patsy Kensett. The Turn of the Screw. <laughs> so that was The Turn of the Screw. I First, I got to say, anytime they said Jenny, I kept thinking of Tom Hanks. Yeah. And, did y'all <laughs> do that too or not? It, yeah, 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 definitely. Yep. Just the way she says it in the British accent, Jenny. So this is um, okay. What this was your bad what right? Year is, is this movie supposed to take place? I don't know. Can we start very, there? <laughs> oh wait, wait, no. They said it was like 1969. I think when all this oh. action is unfolding. Really? Okay. I think I, yeah. I'm pretty sure they said that at the beginning. But it, you bring up an excellent point that it is really hard to follow what in the heck is going on in this movie. How did you um, even find out about this movie? Because it's a is it a made for TV movie? Is that what it is? I don't think so. Oh, okay. Um, I just, I don't think it was, but it 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 was extremely hard to find. Um, we there's an archived print online that we all watched, um, and but you can't like you can't find a DVD of it. You can't find a VHS of it. Like I I don't know what the deal is with this movie, but it just it cries out to be seen. I feel yes, it was my bad pick, by the way. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. Cool. So. I, I think it's I, I'd like to uh, point out as well, if you look it up on IMDb, the um, the image, I don't know, is that German? Do you guys have that pulled up? Like the the um, the film did, poster, but... it's called in whatever language that is, it's called Obsession. And Julian Sands gets top billing with Patsy Kensett, who plays Jenny and Julian Sands while sexy was only in this movie for like five seconds. <laughs> I don't know. I just, this, this movie's crazy. I, where, what do you guys think the setting is? Like at, in the very beginning when they're, um, when the lady is like reflecting back on all of this, are they in like group it therapy? Like a mental what? asylum or, or it, some kind of And is that modern times? Like, is, yeah. that, is that supposed to be like 92? I, I don't know. I guess because because spoiler alert, it is later revealed that the woman who's telling this story was Flora. <laughs> and so she's aged. Prob- I mean, if if the beginning was taking place in 1969, then I guess 30 years. Well, she kind of looked old. I, I don't know. I don't know. It wouldn't I have even no be 30 idea. years. That'd be closer to like 20. <laughs> yeah. If, if it's, I don't know. I yeah, I have no idea. This movie is very it's like chock full of bizarre imagery all those it, it was almost like in Willy Wonka when they're passing through the the tunnel and all the stuff starts swirling right, around yeah. and like what in the world were all those creepy like bitter tea of general yen dolls and the weird <laughs> porcelain I, I don't know it was very trippy and the acting is terrible and mm. You're right, Charles. I do love the others, and I do love the innocence, and this is the same story, and it's just, it cheapens it so much, and, but it's not quite 
bad enough to be ugly, though. I agree. Like, I, when I was first watching, I thought it was going to be. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah, and then, but yeah, it, it just, it it just is bad. Like there's mm-hmm. there's creepy imagery, but it's just cheesy after a while. Yeah, yep. it seemed it seemed like a student film that had a really big budget. Mm-hmm. Like there were just a lot of mistakes in the directing and the sets because you couldn't tell what time it was, what time period it was happening, and what was going on at the beginning. I think just because they left important like exposition shots out, or just you know simple exposition where you're like, oh. Here's what's happening. This is a talent agency or something. Basic storytelling. Uh, yes. Yeah. Exactly. Right. And the with the creep, like I love the creepy imagery, but the the storyline. It was hard to tell like what was happening with the ghosts and with the children. And I had to go read a synopsis of the original story to kind of figure out what they had meant was going on with with the people haunting. The <laughs> I, haven't, I haven't read the story. I've just seen, but I have seen the other. Ver- I've seen the others. So. Was it's, the others based on this story? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. I, it's right? a little different, though. It's different, I, I but it is, right? I Yeah, I've heard that. It's But it's like a looser adaptation. Of I it. actually, the, I have not seen The Innocence, and that's the one that's closer, right? Yes, you've got to see The Innocence, Charles. It, you'll really like it. It's, um, it stars Deborah Carr, and she's so good. Like, it's just, imagine what this movie could have been if it was good, and that's what The Innocence is. <laughs> Yeah, because it has all the raw. Ma- like the story is interesting. I love a good creepy ghost story, and it's, uh, yeah. The, I mean, they had the, all the, all the materials were there, but it just. <laughs> What's well, been magic? Could have been wasn't. magic. <laughs> well, this this struck me was the question of like how far can the goodness of the source material carry a movie, um, and in this case, not very far because mm-hmm. you know some of the some of the original quotations from the story were really cool. I was like, oh, that's striking language, but in the setting of this terrible movie, it just didn't you know do much. Yeah. Nope. yeah. And how many jump scares were they going to use with the maid? It's like three <laughs> or four of them, where it's like creepy, creepy. Just, oh, it's just the maid. Yeah, just fake outs. Yeah, yeah was, that was yeah, way too many. <laughs> and they're. Uh... The like strange, I mean, and granted, this is kind of in the innocence too and in the story, but like the odd sexual tension between Jenny and Miles, yeah, like was was just awkward, yeah, and I don't, I don't know. So it seemed, it seemed like the basic premise was the woman before her was having an affair with one of the men that knew the their patron, their uncle, Mm -hmm. right? There was like this sexual affair going on. And the kids were around it. And I don't know if they were implicating that the kids were somehow involved or exposed to it on purpose. And that was like the the sin and the haunting, the horribleness of this ghost story or not. Or was it just that they were having an affair and they died? Like, how did the, how did they die? How did the man and girl die? Did it ever say? I was confused. It, I don't I don't think it ever did. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. She just disappeared. Um, for a ghost story, there is surprisingly little ghosts. Like, little actually happened with the spirits of the missing people until the very end when the kids had to say their name and be freed from them. Right, and that what an arbitrary way for them to be freed. Like, speak there, like, as if she has any right. idea that, that that's how you exercise a ghost. Like, say their name and you'll be free. And they, <laughs> like, there were so many more ghosts than just those two, you know, that were all flocking around the windows and peering in and... I couldn't tell whether they were supposed to be possessing the kids or whether they were just influencing them because Miles and Flora didn't seem possessed. 
but but then in the end he died when the when the ghost was expelled so it's like why why would he die if he wasn't being possessed by him if the ghost just went away i I'd, it makes no sense right i'm sure it made sense in the original story <laughs> yeah made but sense the in last. the others yeah but this was uh not that movie. All right. Do <laughs> you want to move on to, I guess, is the next one Scarlet Letter? Yep. Yeah. All right. Go ahead and synopsis do the first. synopsis. Yeah. And I'll get the trailer ready. Okay. This one's short and sweet. An affair between a young woman and a pastor has disastrous consequences. Okay. Here's the trailer. Here we go. and fellow voyagers in the greatest of all dreams. If we are to succeed in building our new Jerusalem, then the power of love, yea, his divine love, must bind our hearts as one. It is not considered fitting for a young woman to live alone here. My husband has sent me on ahead to prepare a place for his arrival, so that is what I intend to do. I greatly enjoyed your sermon. It's rare for a man so young to speak with such force of passion. But for some reason, I, I felt most inspired today. I thought the young minister very handsome. I can see what others cannot. But I know the hearts of men. Whatsoever thou lustest after is mine enemy, saith the Lord God, for only I shall consume thee, only I shall fill thee up. From Hollywood Pictures and director Roland Joffe comes the classic story. God help me, Esther. I love thee. God help me, I love thee too. Of a love. So forbidden. I had to warn you, my husband. He is bound to seek you out. And a passion so fierce. Where is he, woman? Their world would never be the same. Do you not believe that you have sinned? I believe I have sinned in your eyes. To know if God shares your views. You will swear upon your bodice this symbol. Why do you wait? Put it on. It is not a badge of my shame, but your own. To me, more. They are the lie, but you are allowing them to destroy everything that is good in you. Gary Oldman. I'm in hell! Robert Duvall. Behold, the devil's own child! How'd you guys like that trailer? All right. <laughs> Scarlet Letter. Yeah. Which one is it, Kelly? <laughs> this is my ugly. Of Surprise. course. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Thank God. 
Oh my gosh, this movie. <laughs> it it just cracks me up. I, I I apparently have a thing about adaptations of classic literature starring Gary Oldman. There's something he's he's I don't know if he's part of the secret sauce or not, but I like the and I will say in the opening credits, it does disclaim that this is freely adapted freely, yeah, from the story. The yeah, it was the beginning of the movie said that too. And boy, is it freely adapted. Like, I, The Scarlet Letter is called a romance, but it's not a romantic story really at all. But this is, and so much about this is just like read between the lines or 100% imagined. Um, yeah, I don't know. In In the... The story of the Scarlet Letter has we don't even know that I mean it takes quite a while for the the knowledge of Dimsdale being Pearl's father to even creep in. And it doesn't ever tell us it, it doesn't talk at all about them falling in love or how they how she became with right. child or like we don't know any of that and that's not the point. Like that's not the point of the story. It's it's kind of a sad, tragic tale and it's really a pretty severe commentary on, you know, how rigid society can be and how much we shame each other and uh, just, I, were you going to say something, Mark? I was just laughing because, yeah, uh, it's also a comment on cinema in the 90s and like, no, we have to have a sex scene. We have to have. Yeah. Well, okay, I was, so- was going to say we've kept, you know, we generally keep it family friendly. I feel like on this movie we'll get into some stuff that just for this little section that may be a little bit p- more PG. Yeah, because, okay, so here's my thing, and you, you hit the nail on the head, uh, Kelly, with this book, if there's if there's a single book that would, it would be the least appropriate to have nudity or any sort of sex scene, it would be this book. Because yeah. the whole, the whole uh, nature of the book is that they never mention, they never use the word adultery in the book either, right? It's just assumed that the A stands for adultery, like, even that isn't mentioned uh, let alone ever showing any romantic contact between between these two, between Hester. And it's like, uh, it's just, it just it's so funny. That's why this is an ugly movie. This is like the perfect ugly pick for this because it's so horrifying watching it. It's like a train wreck watching this when you see these this romantic thing where there should be no romance at all. And yes. the, that scene, okay, so like this may be the adult part, but the the actual sex scene was so weird because <laughs> they showed they showed it's, Michuba yeah, it's cross at cut. the same time yeah what Charles I would say it's cross cut with the uh, with masturbation for some reason yeah completely ba- ba- baffling to me and and earlier on when she's watching Gary Oldman bathe in the river and we see full frontal male nudity too I'm like why I don't understand why. Because and the and the nudity with sorry I'm I'm rail railroading this was the, and the nudity with Demi Moore was so like gratuitous it was just like here is a shot of her chest and then for no like for no cinematic reason either well so not weird. even like a it's a weird side shot I I, I didn't quite get right. that it, it, but yeah. but why the masturbation I I don't understand the metaphor there is the is the red bird that flew <laughs> in is it supposed to be like truly like are they saying it's Satan and Satan is like causing sexual or i don't know what 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 is that i didn't understand that that whole cross-cutting thing no like she masturbated with the with the what i don't even i don't even understand it was a candle that's what i was gonna say with the candle but wasn't the didn't the bird fly in and watch her the red bird Mm -hmm. scarlet bird 
I guess. Like, I, yeah. I, I, don't, I, don't I, I didn't understand that metaphor. That was lost on me. Well, because the, the basic, like, it seems like the basic moral of the movie itself is that she shouldn't have been shamed and that they're all together as a family at the end and she throws the A in the ground and runs it over with the with the carriage. So it seems like they're saying that the, you know, the sexual stuff and the relationship is not sinful and that they deserve to be together, Mm -hmm. Uh, which again is the opposite, the literal opposite of the book because she lives, you know, he dies in the book. Uh, He, he admits to what he did and, and dies like as he's admitting it. And uh, she just lives, and I think she wears the scarlet letter until her death. Yeah, let's like talk about the uh, the she owns it. The Native Americans coming and rescuing at the end, and Deus oh, Ex man. Machina kind of thing, almost kind of thing, just boom, just out of the blue, saves the ending. Well, yeah, and, and Robert Duvall with the Indians too was was bizarre and not from the book, right. Eh. He, he goes crazy. Yeah, and, ahead, and shaves himself, and is like, "Do we really need the Robert Robert Duvall nudity? Did we need that quick shot?" And I, I really feel like they amped up every ounce of potential sexuality that I, they could I, that I they could he mine. Was, he was one this. of the worst things in the movie. That wig <laughs> and everything. I just, I just didn't get it. And it, uh, I will say, I liked Gary Oldman in it. I thought he was good. He, well, he's Gary Oldman. Yeah, he's, he's the only one that's good in it. But uh, I was, you know, I was talking to Kelly earlier about the accent. I wasn't, like, he's British, and I wasn't sure if he, what he was going for. It sounded kind of a Scottish thing. It was kind of an interesting choice. But all the accents were very bizarre to me. Like, everybody kind of sounded different. <laughs> um, well, what's tragic about this movie God help is me, that... I love the... <laughs> like, what's that, Charles? God help me, I love the, like, whatever he... <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was there. I was gonna say, was what's tragic about this movie is that with this cast, this could have been like a great movie. Gary Oldman, Demi right? Moore, Robert Duvall. It should like, have been. They could have, they could have like pulled something off if it had mm-hmm. been a completely different script and director and producer. Yes, because yeah. I, I, I mean, I people like <laughs> Demi Joffy, Moore gets yeah. a lot of, cra- yeah. I mean, Demi Moore gets a lot of crap for this, but I feel like she was a pretty good cast. I mean, she's supposed to, Hester is supposed to be you know, beautiful and intelligent and headstrong and all these things. And, you know, Demi Moore's got that going on, but... Yeah, for sure. For some reason, I, I don't know, just none of it worked. <laughs> I, and I really, like, the the Matuba thing, I, I, like, I, I laughed out loud at so many points during this movie because what was the point of that character? Only, was it just to, like, represent repressed sexuality? That's... I mean, every... That's what I was taking from it. I wasn't sure. But it was so rant. It was so like shoved in there. And then, then was... she, she turns him in, and then is like killed. It's just a weird thing. I don't. It's yeah. <laughs> it I I don't know. It just feels like it, they tried to use this story material as an opportunity to present it in like a feminist way and like. You know, how dare you try to keep a sister down? She's just living her life, all these things. But with, but the Scarlet Letter is not that. Well, the, uh, it's, on a side note, the score, um, I forget the guy's name that did the score, but he did the music for Dances with Wolves as well. And it's just, it's very similar. So it had a, a it, well, I can't, I can't think of that use, movie a lot. They used Adagio for Strings. Samuel Barber's adagio for strings during the the main scene, like the the love scene, <laughs> and it sounded like everything apart from that was just the same actual 
You said it sounds the same as Dances with the Wolves, but it sounded like the same actual musical movement just repeated in every scene. <laughs> it probably scene. was. I, I kept bar- listening to see if it was, yeah, it was I, horrible <laughs> so, music, too. It was weird. It just made the whole thing bizarre to me. I don't know. It's a, <laughs> it's a pretty terrible movie. <laughs> it's, it's, it's less of an adaptation than like a fan fiction. Yeah. Like they took these characters and then it's like another universe and they went off. That is, I, I could not agree more with that. That's hilarious. And on a complete side note, Mark, early, we during the trailer you were mentioning Turn of the Screw, I want to make sure we say this in the yeah. actual broadcast here. Because um, the, the we title, we never found out what the screw and the turning is. Like, there was no screw, there was no turning. It was just, at least, I'm sure it was in the book and it was some, like, main theme. At least delivery. in this one, we they did show the Scarlet Letter. Like, we know it's the Scarlet Letter. I get that. Yeah. Yeah. I don't get the Scarlet Bird, the whatever, but. And it seemed like the bird had been painted, too. It seemed unnaturally. Mm-hmm. It almost looks CG, but it's too yeah. too early for that. So, I mean, I don't. I don't get it. An animatronic bird. I think it represented like <laughs> lust or, or Satan or something. I'm not quite sure. Or freedom. Well, because well, did a few minutes before, um, Demi Moorhead told she was like, Matuba, it's just a bathtub. It's not an instrument of Satan or whatever it was that she said. But she like definitely referred to the dub, the tub as in a <laughs> yeah. demonic yeah. way. So maybe you're right. And by the way, for anybody out there who's interested, I highly recommend the book. I had expected it to be a stodgy old northeastern, like you know, turn of the century book, but it's a great novel. Yeah. All right, you want to move on to the next one, Kelly? A great novel sure. and a great movie. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Get the Absorb them with totally different sets of expectations. <laughs> um, okay, so last but certainly not least is Pride and Prejudice. Um, I. As you know, it is my good. Um, Okay, synopsis per IMDb. Sparks fly when spirited Elizabeth Bennet meets single, rich, and proud Mr. Darcy. But Mr. Darcy reluctantly finds himself falling in love with a woman beneath his class. Can each overcome their own pride and prejudice? All right, let's get the trailer going. Oh, that's where the title comes from. Zing. (laughs) Okay, and (laughs) it's starting. He's here. Is he amiable? Is he handsome? He's single. I believe so. Mr. Collins, at your service. In an era when marrying a rich man was the most a woman could hope for, Elizabeth Bennet was way ahead of her time. I singled you out as the companion of my future life. Sir, I cannot accept you. Don't worry, Mr. Collins. Tell her you insist upon them marrying. Oh, please. You will have this house. I can't marry And save your sisters from destitution. You cannot make me. (laughs) From Jane Austen. The beloved author of Emma and Sense and Sensibility. That is Mr. Darcy. He looks miserable, poor soul. Miserable he may be, but poor he most certainly is not. Do you dance, Mr. Darcy? Not if I can help it. What on earth have you done to poor Mr. Darcy? I have no idea. I do not have the talent of conversing easily with people I have never met before. Perhaps you should practice. May I have the next dance, Miss Elizabeth? It would be most inconvenient since I've sworn to loathe him for all eternity. You may. <gasps> He's so rich. By heavens, Lizzie, what a snob you are. 
Focus Features presents the story of a modern woman. Mr. Darcy is engaged to my daughter. Do you think this union can be prevented by a young woman of inferior birth? Who discovered the one person she cannot stand is the one man she may not be able to resist. Can you expect me to rejoice in the inferiority of your circumstances? From the first moment I met you, your arrogance made me realize that you were the last man in the world I could ever marry. Do you not think him a handsome man? Yes, I dare say he is. From the producers of Bridget Jones's Diary and Love Actually. He's been a fool, but then so have I. We are all fools in love. Kira Knightley, Matthew McFadden, Brenda Blethyn, Donald Sutherland, and Judy Dench. You have bewitched me, body and soul. I thought she didn't like him. So did I. So did we all. Pride and Prejudice. All right. Pride and Prejudice. All right. So I love this movie. I love it as a movie. I love it as a, a an adaptation. I mean, it's just, to me, this is a perfect example of what, what, what are you secretly smiling about, Charles, <laughs> me? over there? Nothing, nothing. <laughs> You're, you have like a, like a little secret smile. Okay. There's no secret smile. Sorry. <laughs> just gonna, Didn't mean okay. to, forgot I was on camera for a second. Didn't mean to interrupt. <laughs> That's all right. Um, I, I just feel like this is the perfect example of how to do an adaptation of, of anything, but especially yeah. of a classic, you know, Kira Knightley, the queen of period dramas, the, it's just every single person in this was so well cast. The score is beautiful. Dario Marianelli did an amazing job. It's, it's sexy and it's subtle and it's just, I mean, I, it hits all the right notes. The comic timing is perfect. It it really it's faithful to the source material, and it just I don't know. It it really does a great job of taking something old and making it feel new. And you know, this movie was fairly mainstream in its marketing. I feel like, yeah. um, which I mean, I guess everybody everybody loves Pride and Prejudice. That's not it's not like a it's and not zombies. a good example of yes, <laughs> <laughs> Charles and zombies. So I, I don't know. I just it, it's hard for me to think. The only other one that I almost picked over this one is um, Jane Eyre from 2011 with Fassbender. Um, I don't know that I saw is, that one. It's really, really good. I It's just not as. I feel like if you if you don't already if you haven't read Jane Eyre, if you don't already love Jane Eyre, it might be a little bit it's like a little more slow moving, I would say. But. Uh, the story is great. The acting is amazing. But anyway, this this one just feels a little bit more. Hmm, it's the word I want to use. Well, I would have I thought I would have thought you would have not not that this isn't a great choice. I was just another one I was thinking for you would have been like sense and sensibility. Like I feel like the the one with uh, uh, Hugh Grant and stuff. Mm-hmm. Or Emma I, Emma with uh, yeah. what's her name? Yeah. With Paltrow. Yeah, yeah. I do really like both of those. I mean, there's been a lot of good Jane Austen adaptations, but this is this is just my favorite. I feel like you were born in the wrong century, Kelly. I'm sorry. Like, <laughs> yeah. This is you written all over it. <laughs> yes. I so I probably was. I had never seen this movie before the podcast and like I was blown away by it. And it may have been my good pick if I hadn't if I had seen it when I was choosing my book. You mean we wouldn't have had to watch the road? <laughs> Oh, is that what you're saying? Way, small caveat to that. I let uh, my students 
pick the novel they want to read for the end of the year. They get to like a choice for the novel. And of their own free will, they chose The Road is one of the two options they get to choose from. I'm like, ah, oh, I got to read the book, too. I just wanted to watch the movie. So anyway, uh, that was my pin coming apart onto my desk in case that just interrupted. But this movie is great. And the pacing, while Kelly was just listing all the great things, the pacing is great, too. I was never bored. Uh, and it's almost I don't I can't say I don't want to say this, but I'm going to say it. I like the movie better than the book <laughs> Do you- because I can I can get that. I mean, I understand that. And my favorite, I think the best, I think the best acting and character in this was Tom Hollander's character of Collins, the kind of ridiculous as as she calls him, a uh, man that wants to marry her at first and she refuses him. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he was so great and awkward and he like, was. played that role like to perfection. It was yep. like Kelly said, the casting is amazing in this. <laughs> and Donald Sutherland. How good oh, yeah. is Donald Sutherland? Oh, my gosh. Yes, I love it when the mother was trying to to get him to tell her off and he didn't. It's, yeah. it's a great scene. And I know you love Rosamund Pike. so I do. <laughs> She's perfect Jane. Yeah, yeah. But Keira Knightley steals this movie. I mean, she really does. Yeah. Cause it's, she does. This is, uh, I mean, it, you're right. It is like she's just perfect in these this period piece like this. It's great in Pirates of the Caribbean too. So, yeah. I yeah I know she just she she does that feisty intelligent heroine so well. Mm-hmm. Um, she kind of always ends up in a similar role to that because it's probably just the way she is. But um, yeah, man, so good. And and I know like this this might be a contentious statement, but I I know most people really love the BBC version with Colin Firth. Of this, and I, I love that version too. But it's um, it's a miniseries, and so if you watch the whole thing, know, it's like I've four hours one. long. It is really good, and it's very people love it because it's it's almost verbatim from the book. It's like faithful almost to a to a fault. Um, and Colin Firth is an amazing Mister Darcy, but I I really feel like I like this one better. I think it just it doesn't because it doesn't it calls out some of the stuff that is not as essential, but it doesn't take away anything meaningful. You know, you, it, it, it leaves you with the meat of it and it doesn't feel like it's hastily done. You still get, you still watch them fall in love. You still mm-hmm. get all of the development and I don't know. I just love it. Well, I had that in mind too. when I was picking my picks of like what makes a good, bad, and ugly adaptation is, you know, there are some things you have to do when you adapt book to do it well. So that, you know, like the miniseries probably would be too long. And I, I almost think Scarlet Letters almost would be a bad pick in that regard because <laughs> they like make the complete wrong choice about how to adapt this book. But this yeah. is perfect because I kept thinking I was going to be bored. Like I kept thinking that they were going to introduce some side plot line and they and they did. But it was still like just so perfectly folded into everything that was going on. And mm-hmm. yeah, with this movie is great. Uh, and they didn't kiss till the very end. Like that was like all that that romantic tension until the very end. I was like, oh, and I almost thought they were going to end it without a kiss at the very end, just like cut, like do an inception ending yeah. and cut away. But and it, like it left you with this feeling of like they deserve to be the like ha- like true happiness for them, which is kind of weird to say. So I I so rarely have that experience watching that's, a movie. Oh, that's sad, Mark. <laughs> No, it was we like, do a movie it was podcast. Like, it's sad. Well, because <laughs> you could have that scene in a movie, and you, you don't completely earn it. Like, okay, they're just characters; they're in love; they're gonna kiss. 
but in this movie it's like you know they thought they hated each other for the whole movie and they and they realized that they obviously truly love each other so like that very last scene was like oh man they deserve this like so do we like the audience deserves this too yes i, oh. I agree i so agree <laughs> all right awesome anything else you guys want to add oh. i was gonna say so okay I think the perfect movie adaptation or book adaptation picks would be I'll give you I'll definitely give you Scarlet Letters like the perfect ugly pick. I still like my time machine for the bad pick. But I think, I think Pride and Prejudice we could trade out for the good. Like <laughs> please do. Cuz these are all like those are three like really well-known classic pieces of fiction that are that have like kind of high budget movies associated with them. I think those would be the perfect three picks if I if we could mix and match the two episodes. Yeah, so, kudos, I, could, Kelly. I could support that. Thank you <laughs> to you as well. Yeah, the time machine. Oh my gosh, that's <laughs> so hard bad. to go up against. <sighs> but the turn of the screw was was pretty bad too. <laughs> oh my gosh, the turn of the screw. I you I I would love it if you guys did watch The Innocence and let me know. I will. I plan on it. Yeah. Yeah. Let me know how they stack up to <laughs> the high high bar that was set by the turn of the screw. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Right. Yeah. <laughs> well, Charles, are you up next? I am. And well, one I want to say, you know, when you announced yours last time, I was I was like, oh, no. And I what did I you said you could do the same thing. I was like, absolutely not. And I wondered I, I thought back oh. on that. And I'm like, why? Why was I so <laughs> against the concept? And I think part of it was because of the time machine. And then you mentioned, you know, I knew I was going to have to watch a Scarlet Letter. And I, <laughs> and I just don't want to sound like I'm against literary thing so i i did have a pick and i've changed it and i'm gonna go i'm gonna go continue this streak here that we're doing <laughs> yes yes um, also Amazing. also last time if you remember i i kind of painted myself into a corner because i said you know which i you know that i would pick lord of the rings or um uh to kill a mockingbird so i, I was like i can't do exactly the same thing so i'm gonna take a page from kelly and i'm gonna i'm gonna kind of define it a little bit more i'm gonna do popular fiction written after the year 2000 so okay interesting wait wait wait. the the books are written after 2000 correct okay all right so any popular fiction written after the year 2000 that's what that's what the genre is and (laughs) this is gonna be fun guys um (laughs) i have jazzed so what what are the picks all right so (laughs) so we're gonna do um Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows Part Two. Huh. We're gonna do. <laughs> huh. Twilight Breaking Dawn Part Two. <laughs> <laughs> and then we're gonna do Fifty Shades Freed. Oh my gosh, Charles! <laughs> oh my gosh! Wow, I, I, I can't even. I can't even right now. Uh, no, okay. This is going to be amazing. Shades, wait, Fifty Shades Free? Freed. Freed, okay. <laughs> it's the is third, part, it's the third is, one of the trilogy. It's the third one. So these are all like, okay. Oh my God. These are all like last of the last. That's correct. Yes. <laughs> so you might have to watch, you know, you might have to watch more than just these movies. You might have to watch all Fifty Shades. and all. Tw- there's, there's five Twilight movies, three Fifty Shade movies, and then eight Harry Potter films. So, oh, okay, let's get real. Have either of you read Fifty Shades of Grey? 
No. I have read it, and I'll tell. I'll save my thoughts about that about okay. that for the podcast. But yeah, yeah. Just the first one. Have you read the whole trilogy? No, just the first okay. one. <laughs> oh gosh! All right. Oh, Charles. So it's gonna be fun. Twilight Breaking Dawn Part Two, Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows Part Two, and Fifty Shades Freed. Just got to be really clear on which ones I'm we're talking about here. Yeah. I'm excited. This so, is, uh, you know, the, considering that we'll probably be getting into some more adult conversation on the next one, just it'll be definitely more PG. I would imagine. Will it? Will it? Charles, you keep saying that. Are you, how can you guarantee? Well, I don't know. We'll be talking about bondage, so we'll see. Wow. <laughs> um, okay. Well, yeah. all of you watching out there, you're definitely going to want to tune in for that one. I, I'm excited to tune you in for that this. one. You, you guys cost it. I had a whole different one that I'll, I'll eventually do. But <laughs> Excuse me. Oh, my gosh. Wow, that's exciting. Isn't it? Hmm? <laughs> all right. <laughs> okay, all right, Kelly, Kelly, we have not spoken since the last podcast personally. Do we want to commit to a James Bond here or there for the next we, month or not? You know, we should. We probably okay. should. Um, yeah, let's do it. All right. Which which one are we on? <laughs> do you We're not going to publicly comment on it. We're just going to, yeah, let's do that. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, let me look up the books because I've got a list here. Okay. In the meantime... Do we have any other uh, business to attend to with our audience? No. It's uh, Kelly has a birthday coming up. Ooh. I do. Yes. It's a big one. I uh, turned 30 on Tuesday. Oh, nice. Ah! I didn't know you were that young. You're three years younger than I am. Yep. A wee bairn. Oh, Kelly Mills says, I think Mark needs to read Fifty Shades. Maybe that does need to happen. Yeah, I've got re- to. I was, be able to I was considering that. reading it before the podcast. Well, that could factor in, I guess. I, yeah, yeah, we'll see how how well of an adaptation it is. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so Kelly, we did, we did. You only live twice, right? We already reviewed that one. Yes. Okay, so the man with the golden gun will be next, and that's we only have two left. I didn't realize that. Wow. Uh, so the man with the golden gun, and then. Living Daylights would be after that. Okay. With the octopus that also has a letter at the end that I've never felt comfortable saying. <laughs> anyway, all right. So the man with the golden gun will be next. We will post it in the month. And, well, speaking of that, the uh, the website's down currently, guys. So um, if you're I, – I don't know how this is going to affect iTunes or anything else. So we'll we'll get those up soon i guess this is all going to be done in april all right cool and on that note you can check us out at it's just awesome.com once we're back up and on itunes and twitter at good bad podcast all one word sounds good and that's like i think three in a row where i i'm just trying not to interrupt you that's all i'm doing yeah just staying out of your way (laughs) nice all right and thank you for checking us out go read a good book now guys yeah thanks everyone have a good one